All right. So, what uh, what do we want to talk about today? What, what do we got? Some questions or what? Okay, here's one. I, I find this is the best and most annoying question. Yeah. Is it is it true that the customer is always right? <laughs> let me let me see if Google has an answer for me. <laughs> uh, is the customer always right? What's your what's your theory on that and how you deal with that? Customers are like customers are like children. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I have any customers. I actually have had customers tell me they listen to my podcast. So I'm sorry. I don't mean that to be offensive. But I mean it in the fact that they don't have the experience in that specific category. Yeah. Just like where, you know, in most cases, a tile guy is not a rocket scientist or, you know, can't break something down to a molecular level or whatever. So I think that the customer is like a child. And the, the, we have to get them to the other side, the goal, like in the military, they call it a CI, which is your commander's intention. So what's the commander's intention? Well, obviously, Joe Biden, he's the boss, right, right now as the president, but on a, the boots on the ground understand what needs to happen far more than he does. So he gives the, what's the CI, the commander's intention. Like, we don't want this to happen. And as it goes down the line, it gets to the bottom, and the bottom has an idea of what to do. So we're basically, even though it's kind of like Biden's the child, <laughs> the homeowner's the child, they're right in the fact that they have, they have an overall goal they want to accomplish, but they're wrong in the fact of how the process should be. So it's a really difficult thing to navigate as you go through, and you're walking like a, a, a tightrope when you have these clients who are like, we want uh, you know this, 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 and this, and we want you to use this thin set, or we want you to use this material, or we want you to show up wearing these clothes, or driving this truck. And if that sounds ridiculous to a customer, it's basically what you're asking. Like you're basically asking us to tear ourselves completely apart, remove all of our experience, and do everything the way that we want you to do it, which could be counterproductive to the end goal, the CI, right? So I think that customers are right when it when it's the the bigger picture, like what they want, you know, they, they want a specific layout or whatever, but in the end, we have to deliver it the way we know best. You're not gonna go into a restaurant, walk in the back and start flipping your own burgers and telling the cook how to do it, whether you know about it or not. So, yes and no. <laughs> All of that to get to you, yes and no. Okay, here's one about balance. What do you do when the customer or client asks you to do something that looks shit? in your opinion, but they like it, and they are paying for it. How do you balance that? Because you're still putting your name on it. You know, I think it's easier than it sounds, uh, because I think that, you know, at the end, you bought it. Like, like, I get it, you bought it. It's kind of like a, you know, going into a, a clothing store or whatever, and you've got, like, someone helping you, like, does this look good? And like, who the fuck cares if she thinks it looks good, or he thinks it looks good? It's. It's how I feel about it or whatever. So I have told people like my preferences and there are certain instances where you're like, you shouldn't do that because it's, it's going to give you a bad product. Like we had a homeowner who wanted, uh, what was it? Blue grout on a job. And you're like, it's a bad product. Like it's, it's not going to show up as the same blue. It's not going to give you what you think. And then again, you go back to the commander's intention like what's your intention here is to have something with this overall look so you should really dissect what they want which you know 
whatever you're starting a project, you should ask more questions than tell them what your opinion is, right? Does that answer the question? Did I just say a bunch of words that didn't really? No, that was good. That was good. <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you for my affirmation. No, like, okay. I appreciate that. Okay, here's one. Because <laughs> it's a different world now. Okay. Definitely. Are you finding it harder to make small talk with customers? So, for example, when you're speaking about things that aren't about the job, whether you're talking about politics, the war, the trucker rally, do you find it's now like a no-fly zone to go? Oh, everywhere. Like, and when I was little, my dad joined the Chamber of Commerce, and I was like his little like salesman. And so he would hand me a stack of business cards, and he'd go, go talk to all the people. So I'd run around and I'd be like, hey, Papa. And you're like this cute little kid with a dimple. And they're like, oh my God, this is adorable. Let's do business with your dad. Like it was, it was like a shoe in for him. I find that my whole life being open about everything, like when you have conversations, it's, it's important to be able to run up and talk about anything. When you start limiting all those things, it becomes really fucking awkward like really quick. So when you go up and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going, whatever. And I'm not wearing a mask, but you are. And you're like offended and you're like, like stay away. Ah. All of a sudden it's like, it throws you off your game. So I think it sucks, um, but it's also probably making people better at, you know, the more they have to navigate through that, the better they are now at, be, at creating conversation from nothing. So it's like, oh, that's off the topic, so let's move on to something else. And then you kind of, until something ticks. And I think the, the, the better you get at that, the better of a communicator you'll be. So that's, that's how I feel. Uh, something about your job that got better in the pandemic and something that got worse. Uh, we had more work than ever. Uh, traffic was light. <laughs> that was a good part. That was like going to work on a Monday at like 7.30 and there's like nobody on the 401. Like, that was amazing. And if those that don't know what the fucking 401 is, is the most busy highway in North America, right? That's the, that's the thing. There. I think I think it's like the world's bit, something, whatever. Anyway, it's fucking busy. It's like worse than LA Highway 10, okay? And jumping on the road in the morning was really nice. I found at the beginning, it was like kind of easy. We still had all our work. We were essential as construction. We're going through, you know, nothing really difficult but now it's the schedule schedule is the hardest thing to run it takes literally full-time job running the schedule and it's like no matter what you do to prevent things even just as last week we're working away tapers come in and they freaking flood the house it looks like a baker's fucking kitchen like just flood the house with with sand and they're supposed to be done before we even start we had been there for like three weeks it's like nobody can keep their schedule straight and it's not really, you know, maybe it's poor, poor business management, which we've done, we've had, we've had that on, on our end too. I think people need to get better at managing their business and what they can take on and what they can't. But yeah, scheduling has been really fucked up. And when you're building a house with 12 trades or 20 trades in there coming in and out, it becomes really hectic about halfway through. So that's been pretty tough. Uh, with people locked away in their homes and you're in people's homes all the time, <laughs> Are you noticing people are investing more money in their house? Oh my since, God! Since the pandemic. Yeah. And and what's some of the like some some wild stuff you've seen? I don't know. Since I moved to Toronto, I feel like people in Toronto want to renovate every two years. 
Like they're like, oh, I just did my kitchen a couple years ago, but the the backsplash doesn't match, so we took that down, and then we changed the cabinets because it didn't go with the hardwood, and then we changed the stair. And you're like, holy shit, you did a full gut renovation when you did your kitchen two years ago? Where I come from, you do like a tile job and you shake the guy's hand because you're never gonna see him again. Like, it's like, you're done. Like 30 years later, the floor is still there. I can still drive by jobs today. I did when I first started. I can drive by jobs, exterior houses, and the tile's still there, it's the same tile. But so, the pandemic, I feel like, yeah, people are just kind of trying to go eccentric now. Like, what can we do? We've got an extra ten, twenty thousand dollars that we used to vacation with every year, and now we can't. So let's just toss it into our house. Okay, one more on COVID. As things open up, because now like the passports gone, masks are gone, in in most of North America, right? Yeah. What do you expect is going to be the biggest change in the future? Now that things are almost the way they were two years ago. Is something going to change? Spending more money, less money on different things? What do you think, what do you think the major change is going to be? I think there's a massive uncertainty, right? And I think every time that happens, the economy tends to peel back a little bit and they tend to kind of slow down because the big money doesn't know where things are going. But this is a, re- a little bit odd because the big money, it's kind of like they're still investing. You drive through a little town and there's a fucking brand new Walmart, a brand new Starbucks. So you're like, okay, big money spending. People are buying businesses and there's lots of trucks on the road. Construction never stopped. So big money's there, but it's almost like the consumer, the retail consumer is a little bit nervous. And they're like, we're still not sure about things. And I feel like it's like, it's unfortunate that as we peel away things to segregate us, we just created another thing to segregate ourselves. When we, when we first kind of were before the pandemic, we had a lot of, racial segregation in, in, in regards to opinions. You know, like, my opinion of this is different than yours. And we had a lot of butting heads and a lot of aggression. And then we rolled right into COVID. And now we have another reason to segregate ourselves. You know, I, I'm pro-mask, I'm anti-mask, I'm pro-vax, I'm anti-vax. And I shouldn't even say those things because, like, I could get canceled off of fucking YouTube in a heartbeat, right? Like, what is uh, the Neck Boys, the Nelk Boys? They got fucking, they dropped Trump's... Thing. They took them right off of YouTube. That's right. They pulled their podcast like off of YouTube because they had Trump on. It's like, man, what, like you said, what's safe, what's not anymore? So I feel like we just keep reinventing these ways to hate each other. And I really hope that maybe the world kind of just sits back and says, like, maybe we should be a little less aggressive and a little more open to just being like, it's easy to be nice. It, it is easy to be nice. There's a fucking cop pulls me. I don't want to be that guy. It snowed yesterday. I clear off a circle in my driver's side, right? So I'm looking just out of the circle. So yeah. <laughs> the rest is covered in ice and snow. Oh, and, yeah, as, and, and as I got in the car, I was like, God, I'm that guy right now. Like driving around with a fucking foot of snow on the top. It's blowing all over. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm getting in the car, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be late to the show. Like, we're, And I'm like, God, I'm that guy right now. So I pull off. And there's a cop pulls in front of me. And so I kind of pull up, but I got to get in the left lane. So I go to the left lane. And now the cop's got his hand out the window. He's like, stop, stop. So I'm like, fuck, it's my windshield. <laughs> so I pull over and I was like, hello. And I'm like a black dude getting pulled over. I'm nervous as shit. Like, I'm like, uh, what, can I help you? Like, what do you need me to do, officer? And he's like, he's like, clear your windshield off before I give you a fucking ticket. Pull over now. So 
so I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, listen, asshole. Like, I'm trying to be like, you know, in my head, I'm saying that. But really, in actuality, it just comes out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I can pull over. But how hard is it to be nice? Like, he could have simply just said, like, listen, but like, I know you're probably in a hurry. Just fucking wipe your windshield off, please. Like, like do us all a favor. But there was a lot of aggression there. <laughs> so hopefully, maybe the world kind of ends, ends this whole thing on a good note. Maybe we just get a little nicer. Okay, three rapid fire ones. All right. This is at the job site. Okay. okay. Coffee, tea, or other? Holy shit. <laughs> All three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Tea, double double. Coffee, black. And other, when I'm feeling really fruity, is a, uh, is a mocha frappuccino. <laughs> and yes, I eat the whipped cream first. Okay, hot lunch or cold lunch? Oh my god. Uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's your go-to. <laughs> okay, last one. Yeah. Many small breaks during the day or just one big break? Fuck, many small ones. Many small ones. One big one, just it's it's debilitating. I can't, like in Italy, I can't live like that. Or they go like for a siesta for like three hours at the beach and they can't do it. Kind of like oh, I'm, like I'm exhausted. Like from my break. <laughs> I feel like I work harder on my break than I do at work. Speaking of this, it's time to get the fuck back to work. <laughs>